Yeah. So the question is, uh, she says, talk to me about cardio. Ugh, I hate it. I can't seem to get better at it. What is the most superior cardio for fat loss? Should I be running, being on the Pelton bike? I've seen some badass ladies at my gym using Jacob's ladder, and I was thinking about trying that, but will I be wasting my time? I just want to do whatever is going to be most effective. So what is the most effective cardio? The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. So uh, it's the day after Thanksgiving for us. We record a little bit in advance. And as you can see, Kelsey, I didn't even show up with a bra. (laughs) (laughs) There's absolutely no need to show up with a bra. I don't care. I don't want to. I won't do it. And you were like, oh, we're going to do this on video. And I was like, yeah, and I'm still not going to put on a bra. So yeah, no, you're welcome. Need- you're welcome. <laughs> I'll try not to move. Be the titties. I'll try not to jiggle around in my chair. You do you, boo-boo. This week has been a little interesting. Hopefully everyone had an odd but wonderful holiday odd but awesome holiday and i have a funny story (laughs) Uh, chronicles of a toddler mom story but you already know this because guess what how funny how well how how, funny are you (laughs) no well yeah so funny (laughs) but like how impressed were you that i snapped the whole thing uh, not only was I impressed, I was incredibly thankful to be able to giggle through the whole thing. It was like watching a show, you know what I mean? Of like, what's going to happen? Yeah, but Layla <laughs> texted me that was like the funniest drama I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so proud of myself because I never have my phone. I never remember to like, I'm not the person that like takes pictures or remembers to like, I'll answer your text message like three days after you sent it. Like I, and I genuinely just don't ever know where my phone is. But I was like, this is too funny. I'm going to put it on Snapchat. And usually, you know me, I usually only use the Snapchat for nudes. But (laughs) (laughs) it's weird when you say, you know me, you know, those snaps you get. No, No, I don't send my nudes to you. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, that you don't usually get snaps from me because I only use it for nudes. So I'm not not like snapping my whole life. There's people that are chronicling their everyday Thing on Snapchat. And I just, mm. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. So when you get a Snapchat from me, you're like, A, this was a mistake that I need to delete immediately. Or B, <laughs> this is going to be good. And it was good. Right. Right. Honestly, I feel all your snaps are good because there's oh, that you. one that we can't talk about. <laughs> the what one? The wig one well, that shall not oh. be named. <laughs> <laughs> So every time I've gotten them, I'm like, I sit down. Sometimes I save them. You know what I mean, guys? Because you can't watch Snapchats over. 
well, you can watch it one more time, but that's it. So I like save them till I'm like sitting down in a quiet place and I'm like, this is going to be good. <laughs> I tell a story. So what happened was I was home with my son and he was throwing a bit of a tantrum, a little bit tired. And I told him that he needed to go sit in his room for a timeout. So he was mad at me. So he went, he's three, by the way. He went and sat in his room and I heard him click the lock on the door, which is usually what he does when he's mad at me. He's going to go in there and lock me out. Like, okay, bro. But like in like three minutes, I knock on the door and he's like, okay, mama, I let you in. So, um, we all knew this day was coming where it was going to turn into a disaster, but like it finally came. So he locks the door. I hear it click and I'm like going around cleaning some stuff up. And then like literally three minutes go by, I go and knock on the door and I get nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, he fell asleep. <laughs> because, you know, like when you're having a he's tantrum. He's a big napper, guys. <laughs> dude, he's a Pisces, like through and through. That guy loves his bed. Sometimes he's like, he puts himself in timeout. Like he tells, I need to take a break. And yeah. he goes in there and lays in his bed. He freaking loves his bed. So he's fallen asleep with the door locked. So now I'm like, oh, freaking hell. Because, um, Guys, if you don't remember what it's like to have a three-year-old, they need to nap with a pull-up on because <laughs> it will piss the bed. <laughs> so he didn't, So I wasn't prepared for nap time. The sound machine isn't on. He has no pull-up. This is, this is bad, okay? This, I'm a planner, and this is bad. He's going to piss the bed. So I'm like, oh, and when he, and it, when inevitably he pisses the bed, he's going to wake up in a, like a panic and he's going to be screaming and I'm not going to be able to get in and he's not no. going to have the presence of mind to get up. So anyways, okay. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So first thing, get the camera, start snapping it. <laughs> <laughs> and our snaps are going like, am I ever going to see my son again? He's locked me out. <laughs> So I, first thing I do is I go get like my toolkit and I'm going to take apart the door. This is Which I'm actually super impressed with. I don't like, know what, no, that was a terrible idea. It was a terrible no, idea. It's so definitely I'm, not a great idea, but like you did it so well. I did. So I You're got like, my, yeah, I'll like, take off this doorknob. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay. I'm going to MacGyver it. I'm going to take off this doorknob. So I get my whole toolkit. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. So I like get the doorknob off of my side, like the outside. And then I realize I still can't unlock the door. So I have to, <laughs> I have to make a decision. Either I'm going to push in the doorknob so it falls on his side and potentially like wake him up. Mm. And it's a metal doorknob on a wood floor. So I'm like, okay. So I sit there for a couple of minutes. I'm like, all right, am I going to do this? All right, I'm just going to do it. Push it through. Nothing. It makes a huge bang on the floor. I hear nothing from him. I'm like, okay. Still can't open the door. I don't know. There's like a weird locking mechanism. Now I have both things of the doorknob off on both sides and I still can't get it open. So now I'm in like a full scale panic. I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> I can't get in. So I'm like, okay, do I, is this the point where I start like taking a big run and like, <laughs> no, because I mean, you know, yeah. you've seen the movies. You got to really take a running start and like, like hammer the door, like with your back. Doors aren't that like sturdy. Like you could probably just kick it in. <laughs> so I was like, okay, am I going to kick in the door? That's definitely going to wake him. I hope yeah. I'm going to kick in the door and like break my house. So I text in a, my last effort, I text my mom and I'm like, mom, 
this is bad. And she says, the Google says, all you need to do is just slip a credit card in the, I'm like, oh, shit. Card tra- well, she's had three girls who have locked her out. So <laughs> yes, that's probably true. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh my God. So first try, <laughs> credit card opens the door. Now I have the door completely disassembled for no reason whatsoever. I could have just put the credit card in. He's in there sleeping. I'm so proud of myself. None of this woke him up. None of this, this woke like him up. Hours of like dis- disassembling the doorknob, then like smash, pushing it through, smashing it, then like calling mom, getting the credit card. He's just in there sleeping. He's sleeping. I put on his pull-up. That was all I wanted to do, right? I put on his pull-up, but he's on his stomach. He's sleeping on his stomach. Um, Boy moms. Boy moms. Okay. He's sleeping on his stomach, and I have to wiggle the pull-up up so you know what happened, right? The penis needs to be pointing down (laughs) in order to get get absorbed into the diaper. So if you're on your belly, okay, the penis was not down. So he peed. And it went up and the whole thing was a giant waste of time because he still pissed himself. He woke up in a full scale panic, completely wet, and I had no doorknob. And that was the end of the day. (laughs) But at least you could get in when he was in his panic. (laughs) But I could get in. So that was, yes, but he still did piss himself and it was a shame. But that was my... That was my Snapchat chronicle of a toddler mom. And uh, what happened in your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a it's been a weird week, but today we're gonna answer some questions from you guys. So in our Facebook group, we get a lot of women who post similar questions or just like on general topics, some questions. And sometimes when you finally get the courage to post a question, I want you to know that like probably at least a hundred other women have been thinking about that thing. At least. Yes, at least that you're about to post and may not feel like it's a valid question or may not be able to like put the words to it or be too nervous to post something like something along those lines. So really sometimes we like to answer them out loud to everyone and you're like, oh, that was my question too. And I didn't want to answer, I didn't want to ask it. Um, and honestly, in a fitness group, in life, whatever, there are no dumb questions. There really aren't. Absolutely. Like, not. If you don't know the answer to something, the only way you're ever going to know is if you ask, <laughs> if you look for it, if you ask and you go to sources that you feel are knowledgeable and valuable, and we are happy to answer any of those questions. So we pulled some of them this week in hopes to answer them for you guys and that you might be having these questions too. Absolutely. So um, the first one has, as you said, these are super common questions that are burning questions that there's like, it's tough to find good information on some of these. So that's why you go to your best You find such conflicting information Mm -hmm. and that I think can get really confusing and it can be really hard to navigate what is actually true, what's effective, where has some partial truths. Does it apply to me? Does it apply to women? Does it apply to my age group? Does it, you know what I mean? Like it just, there, there's so much misinformation out there. The good yeah, thing you've already going to shoot you straight. It. Yeah, we're yeah. going to shoot you straight. So don't worry. We're going to shoot you straight and we'll let you know um, what is the answers to these burning questions. So the first one, she said, I'm not going to blow her up, but she says, I know the scale is a lion bitch. 
Oh, beep. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. The beep comes first. Sorry. But did any of y'all gain weight when you first started working out again? I have gained five pounds in a week and it's a tad concerning. I know that it, I could be gaining muscle and I'm not new to fitness, but this is a new side effect for sure. I'm confused. Okay, so a couple things to unbox there. First of all, a very common question if you gain weight when you start working out again, is that normal? That's a super common question. And the other thing that I want to unbox with this one is the, you know, gaining muscle and is that going to show up on the scale and a couple things there. First of all, one of the things that I want to say just right off of the bat is um, in our group and in our uh, little subculture that we've created, we definitely have made sure that women know um, that we don't like using the scale as a marker of fitness and health because um, we don't believe it is good marker. But that message has kind of taken a sidestep with the like hate the scale campaign, like calling the scale names and it's a liar and that it's a B and all these things. And, and I get where that's coming from. I get the, the sentiment behind that. But actual case in point, the scale doesn't lie. It doesn't lie at all. Scales are rarely wrong. That's, we don't say like the scale is a liar or the scale is a bitch because we think like that's sort of funny or that we want to try to take down the scale industry or something. That's not why we're saying it. Why we're saying don't use the scale is not because it's a liar or it's a bitch. We're saying don't use the scale because it's not measuring what you're looking to measure. So what I'm assuming, and this is just, I'm assuming here because I know what happens when you assume, Kelsey, but I'm going to have to assume that what this woman is looking for is fat loss, right? Fat loss or muscle gain, like which one is happening with that five pounds? She's, you know what I mean? Like she's saying like five pounds in a week, I've gone five pounds. What's happened here? Is it fat? Is it muscle? Is it whatever it is? I just want to answer that like straight up first off, you did not gain five pounds of muscle and you did not lose five pounds of fat or gain five pounds of fat in a week. That is never going to happen. So those two things are not going to fluctuate in a week. So that even brings the point more valid is like, okay, so the, so the things that you're trying to measure, either fat loss or muscle gain, they are not the things being solely measured when you step on a scale. So let's talk about the things that are being weighed when you get on a scale. It's your entire body. Okay. We've got eight factors being measured when you get on a scale. That's the water in your body, the blood content in your body, your glycogen stores, which are like um, the cells that store your energy, your organs, heart, liver, those kinds of things, your bones, your fat, your muscles, and your gut contents, which is what is in whatever's in your stomach and digestive tract. Eight things. Your whole entire body is what you're weighing, but you're wondering what one of those things weighs. Yeah. And any of these could can fluctuate in any way with your hormones, gut content, like bloating, your body retaining any type of water. These things can fluctuate at least five pounds easily. Hourly. E <laughs> Reminded me. In an hour. 
mm-hmm. in an hour. You can't, I mean, we all know this, you know, you can wake up in the morning and weigh one thing. And after the entire day, you can weigh yourself again and weigh five or seven pounds. Now in women, the most changeable of those things is going to be blood. That is going mm-hmm. is going to depend on where you are in your cycle. If you weighed yourself at the beginning of the week in one place in your cycle and you weighed yourself at the end of the week and you're in a different place, you could have more or less blood content. And that your has... Your uterus is literally a different size. One of your organs is a completely different size. <laughs> yes, it was. So what did, what did Dr. So imagine it doubles? Twice the size. Yeah. So that would be like you stepping on the scale like one time and then like picking up your small dog and then like, <laughs> the scale the next time and then being like, what has happened to you? <laughs> and like your actual the body fat percentage ha- could have absolutely no change. Your muscle mass could have absolutely no change. And that's why this can be such a frustrating message because what our brain likes to do, and this is just if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I always hit you with the psychological aspect of some of these ideas, but our brain really wants to simplify things. It wants to simplify information that we are giving, given, and that's why so often, especially in the fitness industry and nutrition, like it, you can think of the biggest example with nutrition because you get food and your body goes good or bad. Well, your brain goes good or bad. And that's how you can simplify the world around you. Is this good food or is this bad food? And the reality of that is, is that they are not good or bad foods. And there are good things about having a donut. And there are good things about having broccoli. And there are bad things about each one of those. So it's, we cannot oversimplify when it comes to our bodies and expect results, even though our brain is really going to that and really wants to say like, okay, we got five pounds here. Is it fat or muscle? Cause I want to know. So I want to know if I have gained or lost one of those. So I would like to simplify this information in those two ways when it doesn't apply. It just doesn't apply. <laughs> it's not that the scale is lying. You may have gained five, ta- five pounds, but if it is, what uh, is in your your gut contents because you just had a large meal and you're digesting it, that doesn't relate to what the information that you're trying to receive. So like, again, I or if your hormones are at a certain part and you just have more blood. <laughs> if you just there. had a lot of water, guys, yeah, like th- these are things that are constantly changing and we don't want you to get off the scale because it's a liar. We don't want you to get off the scale because it's a bitch. Those, again, we're, we're oversimplifying a complicated message. We want you to get off the scale because you're weighing 13 oranges, two limes, and five grapefruits, and you're wondering what the limes weigh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but really, that doesn't work like that, guys. So, I mean, you wouldn't do that in your normal life. So why are we weighing eight factors when we're trying to figure out what one weighs? Absolutely. And something I really like to add when it when it comes to like your original question, has this happened to other people when you start your fitness journey? And I want to, just when I read that, like some things had come to my mind that I want to make sure I get out there, is that when you first start your fitness journey, especially within the week, two weeks, month, your body is going to go through several different changes because you have a different activity level. You probably, your nutrition has probably changed slightly. So there is going to be 
some adjustments that your body is going to have to make. And that doesn't mean that they are going to immediately be positive or immediately be negative. Your body is going to have to have an adjustment period to your activity level, right? So if you have never lifted, if you've just started like back squatting and lifting weights, your body's obviously feeling different, right? And then we step on the scale and we're like, well, have I gained muscle? Have I gained, your muscles have, have a brand new demand on them. And they're probably going like, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, I need more water. I need more nutrients. I may, I may hold on to water because I'm getting different amounts now. A lot of times when people start in their fitness journey and they say like, I'm feeling a little bit bloated, I'm retaining more water right now. That doesn't mean that's forever. If that happens for two weeks, maybe even three, that doesn't mean that's forever. You have an adjustment period where you have given your body more, like more water at times and it has needed more and it has to decide how it's going to use that. It's going to decide how it's going to use the new energy and the new energy demands that it is adapting to. Because we know there's one thing about your body, it is the most adaptive thing on the planet. Almost to a fault. It can adapt almost to a fault. It will literally adapt to the anything that it's around it and what you're doing to it. And that's good and bad, right? Because like it will adapt to some of our negative habits and it will adapt to our positive ones. We consider positive ones, but it will adapt. But you have to give it that time and that adjustment period to work into where it's actually functioning and feeling almost like I like to use like confidence, like where your body is feeling confident in its functions. It feels confident in the nutrients it's getting in, the energy levels it needs, the energy that it needs to store or that it needs to have at certain points in the day. And that will change like, and you'll notice you'll, your cravings and your nutritional needs will change based on that because as your body adapts, it'll say like, okay, so this is our activity level now. I'm going to need more of this or I'm going to need less of this. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. One of the biggest things that we just really want to punch home on that is just that nothing is going to be happening in seven days. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. Oh, man. If I could gain five pounds of muscle in seven days, <laughs> you would I mean, be one muscular girl, I would have found a way how. <laughs> and the same thing with fat, if you could lose or gain in seven days five pounds of fat, like that's, it's just not happening. It's not in there. Those fears or sometimes it's kind of like you're hopeful because you you maybe you step on the scale, you've been working really hard at the gym and you see a number that's higher. You're just like hopeful. Well, it's probably muscle or it's, it may be you, you step on the scale and it's lower and you say, oh, maybe that's fat. But the fact is, is you're guessing because you have no idea what it is, because again, we're weighing a lot of fruits, trying to figure out the weight of one. And it doesn't make any sense to track that way. That's why I really just hate this, this metric. Like I really, I really just terrible metric. It's going against what we are trying to do. And it's giving you feedback that's completely inaccurate and that your body is going to simplify or your mind is going to simplify in a way that doesn't apply. So it really is counterproductive to what we are trying to do because you're going to interpret that information either way. You know what I mean? Like, so say at the end of the week, you had lost three pounds and you're going to interpret that information the following week. It could be up 
four or five more. And then you're going to take that information and use it because you it's information you're getting in, right? And it's going to affect you in some way and you're going to use it going forward. And it's not usable data. Not so. usable. It's just not usable. And that's what I always say to people who are sort of uh, use the mindset of that they're very data-driven. I'm so data-driven. That's why I use the scale because I really need that data. It makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me feel like I'm on track when I have my data. I agree. I love data. I think it is an amazing tool. Data that is not accurate is data. That's not even, that doesn't even fit the definition of what usable data is. If it isn't accurate and what what the scale is telling you is the weight of so many different things that are changeable by the hour and by half hour even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that isn't usable data unless you're concerned about, you know, trying to guess at whether or not your uterus may be twice the size as it was last (laughs) week or how much water your body has chosen to retain this week when you have no physical control over what that retention rate is at that point in your cycle, in your life, in the week. So it's just not data that is going to be helpful so distracting. It's, uh, it's, it's distracting. Honestly, it's so distracting because you can give someone a plan that we're like, we're on this plan, we're sticking to it. And after one week, it's like, well, I'm not, I, I'm up this and I'm, you know, it's very distracting for them when it's like, we have a plan that is actually based on results that's going to happen. And this is distracting to you. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really taking you off course from the things like we have a lot, we have enough distractions. We don't need to add in more. Starve the distractions. Yeah. We don't, we don't need you to start going like, well, is that water retention? Maybe I'll drink a little less water today. It's like, no, our body's trying to adapt. And now you're just, you keep changing it up on me. <laughs> so some more, more better, more better ways, more better. <laughs> some more usable and some more accurate ways at judging, you know, whether you're on the right track or not. First of all, nothing's going to be trackable in seven days. So let's just take that right off the table. Photos are my go-to. If you want to know if you're on the right track, use photos, use progress photos. Measurements are going to be helpful in some cases. Again, like measurements for you um, wouldn't be helpful because in your case, you would want to be, you would want those measurements to be going up right? Mm -hmm. You'd want to be gaining muscle and typically that, so that's a very hard thing, but measurements in some cases are going to be good and performance-based goals are always going to be a great health marker. Being able to run a mile without stopping, being able to do 10 unbroken chest to deck push-ups, being able to do 70 burpees in a five minute span. These are ways that we track fitness that are actually usable data. And that's how you can tell if you're on the right track and getting fitter and healthier and, um, and losing body fat. Weighing eight things, wondering what one of them weighs is not. I also just love, like, I just love to point out that when you take these external feedback, some of these external feedbacks away from us, and we start to focus on things like, are my energy levels improving? Are my workouts getting better? Are they getting faster? And you have the answers to that. Now we've opened the door to working on more than our body fat. 
we've opened the door to I am confident in my abilities and in my fitness because I say so. <laughs> I have the data. I have the information. I'm not getting external feedback from something that's happening internally. And like that's such a really like important piece. Game changer. Yeah. Of this whole puzzle that we're building, right? Like it's it's a whole thing. And we can't we can miss those small that uh, small but um those really important steps because when you have something like a mile time right and the first time you ran it walked it maybe it was like 15 16 minutes and it was some running some walking and then the next time it was like some running some walking but it was like 14 minutes and you're like okay I know that I'm moving a little bit. I know that I'm moving faster and I could feel it as I was going. And as you, you know, you start to see improvements in some of these performance-based goals that you are setting or you're setting with another person that you're setting, you have the ability right then and there to say, this happened and I didn't, and it didn't depend on anything outside of me. That's so powerful. That's the most powerful piece, I think, in the toolbox, but one that you don't really recognize until it's been put in the toolbox. And then you go like, wow, this is an absolute game changer for me. This has changed the way I look at everything and the way I do everything. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't ask anybody if they like your outfit anymore because you (laughs) don't care. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I like it. So yeah, just stay with it. And and the scale isn't a lying bitch. It just doesn't have the capability to answer the questions that you want it to answer. So um, just don't ask things of it that it can't do. The next question that we had that we wanted to answer was about cardio. Cardio is hard. Cardio. <laughs> I know a lot of people have questions about cardio, so I really like this one. Yeah. So the question is, uh, she says, talk to me about cardio. Ugh, I hate it. I can't seem to get better at it. What is the most superior cardio for fat loss? Should I be running, being on the Pelton bike? I've seen some badass ladies at my gym using Jacob's ladder. And I was thinking about trying that, but will I be wasting my time? I just want to do whatever is going to be most effective. So what is the most effective cardio? Cardio is cardio. I love this question because I think that we are always, as humans, once again, like, do you see the simplicity that we're looking for in these answers? Like your brain automatically wants to do it. Like, what's the most effective one? Tell me what it is. And the answer, and I'll do that. You know what I mean? And everyone wants to hear like, that's how all of these fad diets and workout programs and stuff. That's how they all got the the really simple ones. That's how they all got so popular because like a magic pill, the, this is what it is here. It is simplistic. But the thing is, is that there is no superior cardio. There is no one thing that is the best cardio that you will get. If you were to ask me today, what is my hardest form of cardio today, I'd probably say the assault bike. That is the most physically challenging for me right now. If you ask me next week, I might say the rower. So I <laughs> I just want to point that out because individually, like these different 
things are going to be challenging for us, but the most effective cardio is constantly varied. So (laughs) (laughs) if I were to do the assault bike for my cardio every day, I would get really good at the assault bike, right? But I wouldn't necessarily improve my overall cardio in a different way because I would would be great at the assault bike. But if you put me on some burpees, I would die. So it when we're training one specific thing and, and marathoners or ultra marathoners or they know this because they're trying to get better at their specific form, their, you know, their, their specific activity that they're doing. And that's why they're training for that. But in order to have, and then you put them in something else and they can really struggle. And you, you say like, what do you mean? You're an ultra marathoner. I can't run an ultra marathon. Like how can I beat you in other forms of cardiovascular endurance? How can that be? How am I a better sprinter? Right. And it's because when you train several different aspects of your fitness, your (laughs) cardiovascular endurance will improve in all of the different aspects. Right. (laughs) And I know that's a, it's a challenging answer because it's, you know, multifaceted. It's not a, I know you wish I said running. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some people were like, Kelsey, why didn't you just say running? Or why didn't you just say burpees? Please don't (laughs) let it be running. Please don't let it be running. (laughs) Or the, the bleachers, right? Like I hadn't trained the bleachers in a very, very long time. And, um, if you want to puke, (laughs) if you like puking, I'm in pretty good shape. I would say like from an endurance perspective, like I can hang with a lot of things. I ran on the bleachers and I was like, I am dying. (laughs) Why? Because it hadn't been part of my repertoire. Like it hadn't been part of my things that I had been working on. So I was like, oh, this is a new kind of hell and I can't wait to get into it. (laughs) That's, you're a special kind of person. (laughs) Listen, the fact is, is that we do not want to be a one trick pony. That is not the name of the game. And to be honest, the fittest human beings that maintain the lowest body fat percentage are not one trick ponies. They can do it all. You put them in a sprinting event and they can do decent. You put them in a swim and they can do decent. You put them on a bike and they can do decent. That was, that's a great point with the sprint too, because I would have, I mean, with the swimming too, because I would have originally when I first got into the pool, I was like, what happened to all of my endurance? Because Where's my <laughs> fitness? Where's my Where fitness? did it go? The water <laughs> washed it away. But getting in the pool improved my fitness out of the pool in ways that I cannot even explain. Like I could feel it, my like lung capacity, like everything. I was like, okay, so this translates in every way. And you're right, like putting all of those. And that's why routine is everything, but it's also the killer. If you're the, if you're someone who gets on and really likes routine, you like to start on the elliptical, or you like to start with walking and that's your routine every single day. And you're like that our bodies our mind wants to do that because you can get really good at doing the same thing over and over, right? But when you get really good at something, it's less challenging for you. When something's less challenging, it's going to produce less results. So, I mean, you have to be at a place where you're constantly challenging your body and stepping it up a gear. And we can't really do that with routine. And that's the problem when people sort of get in ruts in their fitness and they say things like I've hit a plateau in either my weight loss or, you know, I've hit a plateau in in my fitness. I can't break the 
10 minute mile. I've been trying and trying and trying. Have you tried sprints? Have you tried swimming? Have you tried getting on an assault bike? It doesn't seem like the best way to get better at the one thing you're trying to get better at is to do other things. But in actuality, that couldn't that couldn't be more helpful for you. And you know what? I, I don't, I would be remiss if we did not say about the amazing cardiovascular benefits of lifting. So yeah. we're not talking about lifting for strength here where, you know, you're in this strength portion of your training and you're, you're working on increasing your volume or increasing your weight or um, doing some pause work or whatever. That's different. What I'm talking about you is have like a lot of time under tension, like you keep the weight on there for a bit. Correct. Yeah. I'm talking about like lifting for cardio. So like, of course, our typical cardio things of running and swimming and biking and all, of course, those are going to be effective, but you... <laughs> If you never done thrusters, <laughs> let me tell you, mm -hmm. there is no amount of time running that jacks up my heart rate like doing thrusters at 65 pounds will. And it's a, again, it's a different kind of cardio. It's a different stimulus. It's just like sprinting is different than distance running and like the muscles and the, and the fibers and the places in your lungs that are growing and expanding from those are different. Same exact thing with weight training. It's going to produce a different kind of cardio that is going to absolutely help your endurance and your fat burning capabilities and your overall fitness to be like at a place where I'm going to tell you what, doing, you know, workouts for time thrusters is going to help your mile time. Oh my God. So so, so, so much. And I, people are so skeptical of this until it happens. And I just remember working with a marathoner and she, oh my God, for long, long distances in a comfortable pace, she is amazing. But getting her out of that comfort zone was something that in order to PR her marathon time needed to happen. And she can stay at a comfortable pace first for much longer than me, but getting her to push a sled was it just jacked up her heart again. It made her too uncomfortable. But having just done those things and not actually running, not actually just running the marathon, the eight miles that she likes to do comfortably and PR'd her, mi her mile times over 26 miles. So it's, <laughs> it's really hard to explain to people until you've actually experienced it, until you said like, hey, that 15 minutes of like where you were pushing a sled and doing wall balls, PR'd your mile time. It's an incredible <laughs> thing. But it, if you think about it, it just does make sense because where the incredible things happen is right outside of your comfort zone. So if pushing a sled is outside of your comfort zone, that is something that you know is going to be effective because that's where the magic is. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the sled because you, you want to really puke. <laughs> So listen, the, all of these forms of cardio should be in your everyday training in constantly varied formats. We need to be running. We need to be swimming. We need to be pushing sleds. We need to be biking. We need to be lifting weights fast. We just need to do it all. And I'm telling you that the you person unlimited access to like this 
Olympic gym to do these things. Oh, no. I know when she, she went through that, that sounded a little bit like, well, how do I have access to these things? But having just a small, a little number of equipment, using them in different ways. Now, if like you just think about a kettlebell, kettlebell swings and goblet squats are two very different things, right? Suitcase deadlifts with a kettlebell is a very different stimulus than kettlebell swings, rushing kettlebell swings, doing burpees over the kettlebell. So like I just, that was just one piece of equipment that I named that went through several different aspects of strength and endurance. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you don't need fancy equipment. Again, you don't need the Pelton bike. You don't need, I mean, we live in Massachusetts, so there's a very good amount of time of the year that we are not swimming. And it's definitely not going to be always all available to you at the same time. But what you can do with, like you said, just a dumbbell, just a kettlebell, a burden run, like you want to... <laughs> You want to have a yeah. bad time? <laughs> Do a, a good bad time. You know I mean, what I a mean? good bad time. You know what I mean. Come on. Hopefully, this has been a little bit helpful. It's nice to have a and a sometimes. It just gives you like a, a couple of burning questions that you can answer in a short amount of time and, and get some good knowledge. So hopefully you'd have enjoyed this one. Yes, we love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.